And strangely, academics turns out not to be the best space to pursue ideas, is my own experience. When I wrote Grit, I thought to myself, well, I guess I'll just try to explain without jargon things that psychological scientists would be able to appreciate with jargon. But I have to say, it was the most intellectually challenging thing I had done because I had to put things together without the artifice of jargon. Also, I had to put everything together because the naive reader actually has a much higher intellectual standard than a reviewer for a paper because they want to know how this makes common sense. It was an intellectually heroic act relative to anything else I had done. So I don't want to disagree with you there, but I continue to read papers because I think that for me, there is definitely some value in the empirical work of scientists who publish a paper that has an insight that like, I wouldn't have been able to figure out on my own or through reason or just by reading poetry. I'm not sure you know this about yourself, Angela, but everybody loves you. And I can barely have a conversation (laughs) with someone either in the education space or the behavioral economic space without someone expressing adoration for you. And not just for your work, but you personally. Why do you think people love you so much? Well, first of all, that's very nice. I will say this. Sometimes I meet people, and this is rare, but you know those people where you're like, they are so great. They're so nice. I can name a few people, but they're all psychologists, so you'll be like, who? <laughs> but I remember thinking to myself at some point earlier in my career, I want to be that person who are like, oh, just a fantastic human being, so kind, so generous, so uplifting. And I'm not saying I am those things, but I really explicitly aspire to that. And the worst thing is to be a jerk. I want to be my mother's daughter. If you ever meet my mom, she is the nicest human being. I would love to live a life where I'm not only my father's daughter, but my mother's daughter too. I think you're doing a really good job at that, to be honest, because the first time we really met, so I sat in your seminar, but we didn't really talk, but the first time we really met was when you came out to Chicago with Stephen Dubner to tape an interview for us on some anniversary of Freakonomics. Oh, yeah. I think it's the reissuing of Freakonomics. Yeah, exactly. So I will say I was primed not to like you. I expected to hate you. I wanted to not <laughs> like you. Because I don't really like psychology that much. And Because you've been hanging out at University of Chicago economics for <laughs> decades. It seeped into you. But I have to say that within 10 minutes of meeting you, I was just like everyone else. I loved you and I couldn't get enough of Angela. Oh my God, how can we make Angela part of Freakonomics? So I think you're doing a really good job at that. Well, here's the two-part recipe. We moved to houses in third grade and I had to make all new friends in the middle of the school year. Very traumatic. And my mom taught me that if you like yourself and if you genuinely like the other person, then they will automatically like you back. And I do like myself and (laughs) love it. I like you. So no surprise you like me back. Talking with Angela got me thinking about my early days at the University of Chicago Department of Economics. Everybody thought I was crazy to go there at the time, but it's hard to argue looking back that things could have turned out much better for me. I don't often talk about this, but there was one thing that particularly attracted me to Chicago, 
And it was the fact that the old professors, the ones in their 70s, 80s, even their 90s, were still passionate about academics. Just like the psychologists that Angela was mentioning today, who all seemed to be in their 80s and 90s. In contrast, the older faculty at Harvard and MIT, they were mostly distracted by other things, advising governments, working with companies, or, God forbid, enjoying their leisure time. I really wanted to be the kind of person who loved academics so much that I did it into my 80s. And I thought surrounding myself with those types of people would make that happen. Well, like so many things I believed about myself and about the world in my 20s, that turned out completely wrong. Pure academics was a terrible fit for me. I found that the real world was much more fun. And it took a long time, decades, to admit that to myself when it probably should have been obvious much earlier. If only Angela had explained goal hierarchies to me 20 years ago, I might have saved myself so much time. People I'm 